Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point. Great to be here with you today. This is what we call Last Sunday here at High Point Church, and that means that we are all gathered online. There's no in-person service, and so wherever you're watching from, whatever city you're watching from, welcome. It's great to be worshiping with you today. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You ever been in a spot where you just don't know what to do? God, uh, I'm praying. I don't hear anything. Uh, you don't see God. You don't feel God. You don't really have a sense of what direction you're supposed to do, take, step, etc. What do you do when you don't know what to do? We've all found ourselves in those situations before. So what do you do? Hold that thought. In, in 2010, a man by the name of Joaquin Garcia is set to receive a 20-year uh, career award for, uh, for being a water treatment engineer. Uh, and so, you know, he's been working at the same place for a long time. And if you've ever worked at the same place, you know, for 20 years, many times they give out, you know, awards for outstanding careers, longstanding careers, et cetera. And so the deputy engineer, his supervisor, um, begins, you know, to prepare an award for him for 20 years of service. And so, you know, he calls the plant where Joaquin Garcia works and he begins asking around and, and he doesn't actually know Joaquin Garcia, but I guess technically he is the supervisor over this plant. And, and so, you know, he's, he's beginning to search because his name's popped up in the records is working for 20 years. And so, so he's, he's putting the award together and as he's calling, no one can find where Joaquin Garcia is. And, and as <laughs> He makes more and more calls and does a little bit more digging. No one can even remember the last time they've seen Joaquin Garcia. After just a little bit more work, deputy engineer discovers that Joaquin Garcia hasn't been to work in six years, but has still been receiving his paycheck every single month. Now, some of you are watching and are like, that sounds awesome, right? Six years of getting paid. Well, nobody even recognized that he was missing, that he was gone. And, you know, the deputy engineer is asking these questions as he's making these calls. Where, you know, where is Joaquin? Where is this guy? Is he still here? Has he retired? Has he died? Has he gone missing? Where is Joaquin Garcia? And some of you, you, you have relationships, right? I mean, we can laugh about this employment scenario and you can Google it and get all the, 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 the dirt and the details that you want on it. But the truth is many of us have relationships where, where people have gone MIA. Maybe you have. The relationship has changed. And you kind of have these questions of wondering where somebody is. You know, like, well, where are you? Where did you, where did this thing go? Where did you go? Are you even still alive out there, right? Has this relationship just been retired, right? Where are you? I have relationships like that. I have a, a couple of relationships right now, right? Where, where I'm working through, where is this thing really at? And the truth is that not only do we do it in our relationships, but even more importantly, we have this feeling many times with God. Where 
you're going through something or you're walking something out or you're praying and you need direction and you kind of go looking for God and you can't really find his presence in the situation. You kind of feel alone and you feel abandoned or you know, in the back of your mind, you're wondering, God, are you there? Hello. Right? If you're a Back to the Future fan, you know where I'm going here. Hello, McFly. Is anybody there? Is anybody listening? Is anybody hearing me? God, have you retired? I know, Jesus, you, you, know, you rose from the dead, but did you go back into the tomb and like shut this thing up? Because I don't know where you are. And when we find ourselves in moments where we just can't get a sense of where God is, many times we don't know what to do. And so the question remains, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Another way of saying that is, what do you do when you just don't get a sense of where God is in your challenging situation? That's what we're talking about today. So turn to Matthew chapter 14. As we jump into one of the most significant texts or, or most uh, talked about encounters with Jesus and Peter in all of the Bible. Now, this, it's a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to read it. But before we do, here's a, here's a bit of context for you. Jesus and the disciples have just finished uh, performing a miracle. And when I say the disciples, they were watching, right? They got to participate by handing out baskets of loaves uh, of bread and fish. There was a crowd of, of minimally 5,000 men. That doesn't even include the women and children. And Jesus takes a basket from a kid, right? And divides up fish and loaves and feeds the entire crowd, okay? It is an, an unprecedented miracle. And if you're one of the disciples and you're on the inside, you have to know, right? That there's adrenaline, there's ministry adrenaline happening in this moment. You're having the whispers, you're locking eyes with the other disciples as, as this thing is happening. I mean, imagine the scene, imagine the moment as you recognize that something miraculous is taking place. You saw the one basket and yet you're seeing person after person after person eat their fill. How's this happening? And you're probably, you know, you're, Peter's looking at Andrew across the, you know, the row as they're like passing the basket down. You know, they're, they're whispering amongst each other. They're, you know, there's probably some fist bumps, you know, as the whole thing is beginning to wrap up. You've got to imagine, you know, that they, they recognize that they're in a moment, almost like an out-of-body experience. And so this, there would have been a ministry high happening here, a vocational high. Can you believe what is happening right now. Guys, this is crazy town. Do you believe Jesus did that? Oh my gosh, right? And the stories would have just started. Stories would have been, I mean, they would have been telling tales here. I don't mean like lies, but just everybody's experience, a part of it would have been exciting. And this is where we find ourselves. Jesus is dismissing the crowd now. 
And he tells the disciples to go on ahead. They go from this giant ministry success moment. And then Jesus is like, hey, we need some time to ourselves. We need to regroup. We need some time for prayer. I need time with my father. I need time by myself. Let's shut this thing down. You guys get in the boat, go on ahead. I'm going to shut the crowd down and I'm going to bring this ministry event to an end. And that's where we find ourselves in Matthew 14, verse 22. We're going to read this entire account together. So strap in, lean into your phone or your device or your TV, get your Bible out if you need to. Uh, here we go. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted, by the waves because the wind was against it. So Jesus sends the disciples on. They get in the boat, they get out on the lake, and there's strong winds and strong waves. Okay, and Jesus is, is by himself praying. Uh, verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? Or, or in other words, what do you do when you can't see God in your situation? Jesus isn't with the disciples, and he's, send, he's sending them out onto this boat. While he is praying, Matthew 14, as we just recap this, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Uh, it's worth acknowledging today that it is Jesus who sent the disciples onto the boat and into, ultimately, this storm. Now, you need to know Jesus isn't, wasn't shocked by these waves. He's not shocked by the wind. He's not shocked by the circumstances. Yes, he's praying, and no, he isn't cruel or mean, but he is trying to produce something fresh and new in the heart of the disciples. At the end, they get to a place of worshiping him for who he actually is, right? So there's a win here. There's, there, there's direction here. But in the moment, the disciples don't see that. They don't know that. They can't tell what's actually happening. They don't know what to do. They're trying to row and get from one side to the other, and it's just not happening. And the disciples, they're not rookies here, right? They, they have home field advantage. They, they know the land. They know the situation. They know, you know, I mean, they're experienced fishermen, for goodness sakes. They know weather patterns. They know how to handle themselves. And yet here they are rowing, right, in their boat. And they're not making any headway. The winds are crashing. The waves are crashing. 
And this would have been frustrating. This would have been angering. It also would have been frightening, confusing. What on earth is happening? In your own life, you know what it's like to be trying to make progress, right? And you're not. And you feel like you've been faithful, right? You've got some, you've got some ministry successes, right? Church is, is going well. Family's doing well. Uh, you know, you're reading your Bible, you're praying, you're doing all the things you know to do, and yet you're not progressing in your life the way that you thought you'd be. You're not where you thought you'd be, and you, you thought you'd be on the other side of the lake by now, and you're not. In fact, you just feel stuck, and because you feel stuck, you assume that there's something wrong. I've done something wrong. I've sinned against God. I'm a failure. I'm not a success. And we internalize all of this. And what you may need to acknowledge today is that you might be exactly where God has ordained you to be. You might be exactly in the place doing what you're supposed to be doing. And God is simply trying to produce something new and fresh inside your heart. What's he trying to do? What's he trying to produce? Just because it's difficult doesn't mean God isn't in it. Just because it's difficult does not mean God is not in it. Many times God brings us right into seasons and right into situations that are in fact difficult because it produces something inside of us that he knows that we desperately need. And that's where we find the disciples, right here. So what do we do when we don't know what to do? Same thing the disciples needed to do, and that's stop straining. In fact, let me even back it up. Take courage and stop straining against where God has placed you. See, some of you are in a season right now, and it's the season that God has brought you to. You haven't messed it up. You haven't ruined things. He's trying to produce something inside of you. And it's a difficult stretch and it's a difficult season. God produces something beautiful inside of you as you take courage. As Jesus says in the text, it is I, don't be afraid. Stop straining, take courage, and trust that God is with you in this season that you're in. Stop straining against the place that he's brought you to. Are you single and you need to just take a deep breath and let God work in your singlehood? Stop straining against it, okay? Is your job just, uh, you're, you're frustrated with it, but yet it's exactly the, God that, the, the job that God brought you. To take courage, stop straining against it. Are you unable to buy that house that you, you desperately want and you, you, you feel like you need, but you're just not able to? Take courage, stop straining against where you are. Take a deep breath and trust God in the season that you're in. Whatever it might be, single, married, divorced, with your kids, vocationally, financially, uh, all the things. Take courage and stop straining. <sighs> Look for God. Secondly, uh, shortly before dawn, this is about 3 a.m. If we read from some of the other texts, Mark and John, uh, about this encounter. About 3 a.m., shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, right? They said, and they cried out in fear. 
Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. One of the things that was common in this time, uh, in this time period was the thought of people who had died, right? Their spirits coming back and haunting right? The, the, the area that they lived in. And so for, for many of the fishermen here or the disciples in this equation, they, they probably thought this was the spirit, the ghost of somebody who had died, right? And somehow coming out to take their, its vengeance, you know, upon them, you know, kind of a situation. Um, and so they see what they perceive to be a ghost, but we know from reading the text that it was actually God's present. Like this is Jesus. It's God's presence walking on the water, walking on the lake. And I find it fascinating and interesting how many times, again, we've, we're in situations and we're in scenarios and we're in moments of our life straining against where God has us. And as he actually begins to show up, we mistake his presence for something else. How many times God has shown up in a way that I didn't expect, and because I didn't expect the way that he's showing up, I dismiss it, right? It's the, the person that God is trying to use in my life, but because they don't look a certain way or they don't speak a certain way and they're not delivering in a certain way, I don't want to hear what they have to say. Right? And, and God is showing up the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Well, that, that can't possibly be God. I, God would never make me feel that way. I would never be this uncomfortable. I would never be this uncertain. I would never be this X, Y, Z. And we presume and assume that that can't be God. I'm afraid right now to step out and trust God. Clearly, this can't be the Lord. It's a ghost. But it's not. A little bit of a different situation, but, but a few years ago, you know, I wake up pretty early. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting downstairs in my living room, and it's still dark outside. I'm drinking my coffee. At the family's all upstairs, still sleeping. And... As I'm drinking my coffee, my house begins to shake. And it begins to shake enough to where I am genuinely alarmed at what I'm experiencing. And as a pastor, <laughs> I have the Bible. I'm literally like reading the Bible here, thinking about church stuff. I have my phone. And I immediately text Amy, who woke up or was already awake. And I was like, are you, are, am I going crazy? Is this happening right now? She's like, no, the house is shaking. And I'm literally like on it. And I get off the couch and I start praying every prayer I know to pray. Because all I can think about are like you know, these demonic movies, The Exorcist, you know, and I'm a pastor, like clearly Satan is after me, you know, in this moment and my house is shaking and I'm literally like, I bind you, devil. You shall not pass, right? And I am 
quoting every passage I know to pray and devil get behind me. I rebuke you. I bind you. You have no power here. You have no authority here. You will not make my house shake. You will not do this. Get out, right? I, (laughs) oh man, I was ready, okay? Come to find out a few hours later, there was an earthquake and the tremors, right, (laughs) had been making some of the homes where we live shake. So it wasn't actually the devil and God hadn't somehow abandoned me. And you need to know, while I didn't feel uh, like God had abandoned me, I also, I wasn't even, I mean, God, where are you? I don't know. You're on vacation, but I'm here, right? And I was ready to flex on this thing, okay? And the truth of the matter is that I didn't have all the facts. I didn't have all the information. I didn't know the full situation. And so I just naturally, probably decent, you know, assumption. It's not a terrible one, but I just assumed that, I, you know, we were under some kind of spiritual attack here. And so I went to work. And in the same way that we can assume that Satan has shown up, you know, in every situation that you find frustrating, you can also assume that God is absent in every situation that you find frustrating, every situation that you find frightening, every situation you find uncomfortable and difficult. It's easy to make assumptions. The disciples assumed that this couldn't possibly be Jesus. It couldn't possibly be God. That's got to be a ghost. And they were terrified and they just didn't have all the information. They didn't know what was going on here. And in the same way, you and I, we make the same assumptions about God and how he shows up and when he shows up and if he'll show up, all based on how we feel. And what you need to know is that just because it's frightening doesn't mean that God isn't with you. Jesus was with them. He was walking on the lake towards them and they mistook who he was. They mistook his presence and they mistook how he was showing up. They just weren't seeing it. They weren't seeing it right. So they were terrified. But just because it's frightening doesn't mean God isn't with you. And just because it's confusing doesn't mean that God isn't at work. Just because it's frightening doesn't mean God isn't with you. And just because it's confusing doesn't mean God isn't at work. He's right there with you. So take courage and listen for his voice. Listen to to him telling you to go and apologize, telling you to go and forgive or to let go. Uh, Listen to him telling you to take a deep breath and rest. Listen to him telling you to repent for your sin. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage. and Stop straining against where God has placed you. And take courage and listen for his voice. Number three. Um, Matthew 14, verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, uh, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, and then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came towards 
Jesus. Now, what happens afterwards is that Peter, he begins to sink, doesn't he? Well, what does the Bible tell us? I mean, the, the analogy or the, the picture couldn't be clearer. When Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus, he begins to sink. And oftentimes that's what we focus on. But I actually want to emphasize something else first. There's only one person who gets out of the boat and experiences the miracle of walking on water. Peter walked on water. I can't even wrap my head around even just, what would that, what did it feel like, right? Like, what did it feel like for water to support his weight as he walked? Uh, I, it's crazy, right? The Bible is amazing. I love it. And when I think about this, it's impossible, right? It's impossible that somebody can walk on water and yet is exactly what Jesus not only calls Peter to do, but gives him the strength and power to do. Come. Come on out. I'm calling you to get out of that boat and walk towards me. And that is exactly what Peter did. And yes, as he was walking, you know, the waves began to crash and the wind began to howl. And, you know, his, his eyes became unfocused, right, on Jesus. He began to look at his situation again and his situation became bigger, you know, than, than Jesus in this moment. And he began to sink. And he cries out, Jesus, save me, which is the, 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 the cry of all of our hearts that it should be towards Christ. Jesus, save me. Without you, I'm sinking. Without you, I'm lost. That's the cry of all of our hearts. But even before we get to that moment, I love the fact that Jesus calls Peter to do the impossible. Step out of that boat. Come on over here and walk towards me. Just because it looks impossible doesn't mean that God isn't asking. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean God isn't in it. Just because it's frightening doesn't mean that God isn't with you. Just because it's confusing doesn't mean that God isn't at work. And just because it feels impossible doesn't mean that God isn't asking. We serve a God who is the God of the impossible. He's not the God of just possible things. That wouldn't make him a God at all. He's a God of the impossible. Nothing can contain him. There's nothing he can't do. And by the way, when he moves by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's nothing you can't do either. Not in your strength. You got to hear this in his. And so you might be in a situation where God is trying to produce a new degree of faith in you. And because that's what is trying to be produced, you feel afraid, you feel alone, you might even feel abandoned, you might feel uh, uh, confused. And it doesn't mean that God isn't there and it isn't, he isn't showing up, but he's producing faith in you. Get out of the boat and begin to walk towards him. And that, mean that, that means the situation right maybe maybe there's maybe you you have an affliction maybe you have a thing that you need healing of and you're just thinking to yourself you know there's no hope but there is hope 
Maybe a marriage that just feels like it's crumbling and it just feels impossible. And yet God is literally asking you to step out of the boat and believe. To believe for healing. Physical healing. A miracle of healing. A healing in a marriage. An impossible situation being turned around. Maybe you are a parent of a teenager that just is making you want to pull your hair out. And you just, every time you turn around, you just, you're confronted with another situation and another deal. And you wonder, God, where are you? Can you possibly show up? And you just feel fatigued and you, you feel hopeless. And God is asking you to believe for the impossible yet again. Step out of the boat. Take courage. It's a high. Don't be afraid. Let's walk on this water together. Is it impossible? Yes. But P.S. It's actually not impossible with me. Trust me. Walk towards me. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So what do we do? We take courage. We stop straining against where God has placed us. We take courage and we listen for God's voice in the midst of our situation. And we take courage by fixing our eyes on Jesus and getting out of the boat in our situation and walking towards him. Difficulty, fear, and confusion, they are not indicators that God is absent. I'm going to say that, and I want you to hear it with so much clarity today, that difficulty, fear, and confusion are not indicators that God is absent. They are the circumstances that God many times will use to deepen your trust in Him and release His power in your life. God uses these situations and these circumstances to produce a new degree of faith and a new degree of trust and a new degree of His Holy Spirit power at work in your life. So take courage today. Trust Jesus. Step out of the boat. And take a step towards Him today. Father, I thank You for this time. We thank You, Lord, that we see the example of Peter Lord, we see the example of the disciples. We're no different. Lord, we find ourselves afraid. We find ourselves confused. We find ourselves frustrated. God, and many times we assume that you're not with us or that you're not here. And yet you are. You're showing up in ways that we didn't expect. God, help us not to dismiss you. Help us not to ignore you. Help us not to write you off. Lord, help us to actually see what it is that you're doing. Help our ears to hear you. Lord, our hearts to obey you and to get out of the boat of our situation and begin to walk towards you in trust. Lord, we trust you today. Wherever you're watching from, whatever your situation is, I'm asking you to take a step of faith and trust and literally call that thing out by name and choose to step towards Jesus with it. Say, Jesus, I choose to trust you with my children today. 
I choose to trust you with my job situation today. I choose to trust you again with my marriage today. I choose to trust you in my divorce today. I choose to trust you in the midst of my heartache and heartbreak and difficulty and confusion, whatever it might be, choose to trust him. Say it out of your mouth and put your faith in him in that particular area. Get out of the boat and begin to walk towards him. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here today as we learn to follow Jesus uh, more fully. I will see you next week right here.